Music is the closest thing to God I've ever seen on earth. Hi, this is Ray Edwards from RayEdwards.com, and when I want to have an impact, I know there's one guy I can turn to who will inspire me to do that very thing. And you're listening to his show right now, Ken MacArthur. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Ken MacArthur's The Impact Factor Podcast, which means you are prepared to ignite. The movie The Firm is about an ambitious young lawyer who joins a prestigious Memphis law firm, but gets in over his head when he discovers that it has a sinister dark side threatening his career, his marriage, and even his life. When Sidney Pollack was filming The Firm on location in Memphis, he became fascinated with the indigenous blues played in the city's famed Beale Street area. This interest sparked an unconventional idea to score the legal thriller using only a blues-based solo piano. Jazz pianist and composer Dave Grusin was willing to give it a try. He said, that appealed to me more than just doing another dramatic score. When I started looking at what the film needed musically, it became a huge challenge because it was very dramatic with romance, tension, chases, all of the elements you would find in a dramatic picture. Despite Sidney Pollack's enthusiasm, Grusin believed that the piano would wind up being augmented by orchestra and wanted to leave track space open on the tape for additional instrumentation, which he thought might be required in the end to provide extra power to the music. And I kept thinking the whole time, I've got to record, we have to record this on multi-track machines because I know we're going to have to come back in with an orchestra and sweeten some of this. So we did the whole score with just piano uh, and they were uh, it was on a 40 48 track tape machine so we had all of these empty tracks but i was sure we were going to have to do it and and sydney was like a bulldog he was he would say no this is great um we need some we need some percussion can you how are we going to do that and i said well we can do that inside the piano we can make those noises in the piano and that's how it, that's how it went. That's the that's the whole thing. And it was because he wouldn't let up from this original idea. I think David Grusin's music was in my head from the beginning. pounding rhythm of his opening title was stuck in my head as I envisioned the start of the Impact Manifesto short film. I always knew that I wanted to start with the music because I start thinking of a film as a finished product. It's almost like a dream in my head with the music, with the dialogue, with the sound effects, with everything that you can possibly imagine that would make up a movie. And so I went to Michael Angusser and talked to him about the possibilities of putting together musical ideas for the Impact Manifesto short film. Michael was from Germany, and he had gone to Berkeley, I've always played music as long as I can think. Like the pictures of me when I can just so walk and uh, I'm reaching up to the piano that's uh, at that point much taller than I am, I was. 
And uh, I mean, I, I started playing jazz piano when I was you know, six, seven years old. The interest in film music came about at, towards the end of high school. Then in a kind of curveball situation, having been born and raised in Munich, Germany, uh, somebody in high school as a prank signed me up for Berkeley College of Music. So I ended up auditioning in Europe. They, they sent people to, uh, to, to listen to people there. And I ended up winning a scholarship, so I uh, kind of had to go. <laughs> In Berkeley, I quickly abandoned the idea to become a jazz piano player simply because I figured I could learn more in other majors. So I did a production major and film scoring. And then after graduating in 2010, kind of in the in the bottom of the recession, I uh, moved with uh, my then-girlfriend and now wife to uh, New Jersey, where we built a, that little recording studio that I'm sitting in right now. And uh, we've been working on films online mostly and video games, trying to connect to scenes all around the world. I asked Michael how he felt about doing the music for the Impact Manifesto. I, I was excited. <laughs> that simple was uh, the first film in a while that I got to do. I think we talked about the style of the music before I had actually seen the film. I made that little demo for you with, uh, with the piano groove. I was trying to emulate the score style of the firm a little bit and then after the fact I superimposed that on the film. Michael just blew me away with his ability to duplicate the sound and the style of Dave Grusin's music from the firm. He was obviously a incredible musician, a great pianist and I quickly decided that uh, Michael would be perfect to work with on the Impact Manifesto. So how did you feel about working on the music for the Impact Manifesto without having any visuals to work with? It worked very well. It was new to me at first because normally I get the film when it's you know done or almost done, um, and working like backwards, uh, in that sense was certainly unconventional. It leaves me greater freedom to explore avenues, musical avenues that I probably wouldn't have otherwise if I had had the visual first. Working this detached gives me the opportunity to create music that's more emotional or more to the point from an emotional point of view than if I already have the visual because I don't have that in, in quotes crutch. So what can a producer-director do to maximize their relationship with a music composer? On a, on a most basic level, keep the composer in the loop, I'd say. Uh, it happens more often than not that I'm left with one creative idea in one direction and then some time goes by the direction of the project changes drastically and I don't know about it and then work myself into a corner that way and then have to catch up really quickly and you know uh, yeah. then the, the quality of the work inevit inevitably is going to suffer uh, and it could have been avoided So what's the best way for a producer to find a really talented film composer? Wow <laughs> Oh, well, I don't actually know the filmmaker's perspective, to be honest. Uh, Dave, uh, I mean, we met each other on a meetup, online forums, college networking. Uh, I mean, as soon as a filmmaking team has found each other, they tend to stay together for a while. 
Well, I'm certainly looking forward to working with you throughout this project. I'm excited. Likewise, likewise. Oh yeah, one important thing that I meant to mention is uh, finding a common language is super, super important because the same terms in either creative field may have different meanings and finding out what the other side is talking about is absolutely crucial. Do you have an example? Uh, yeah, I was working with a, it was an interactive project and the the producer kept telling me to make, say, the music more square or the bass green and these kind of things. And at first you're kind of at a roadblock going like, what is a green bass or that kind of thing? Eventually I found out and we made it work. And it's certainly an extreme example. Just finding a, a level way of talking to each other is, is uh, important. What does the composer have to keep in mind? For the composer to never forget that you're in fact performing at the end of the day, uh, of the day a service. As a composer, one wants to get their, their own vision out and you know write some music for yourself. But when working with film, make sure that the aim is strictly on the on the uh, director's and the producer's vision. So I guess the, the challenge for the uh, creative people is to uh, find that balance between putting everything one has into it without getting too attached. Sounds a bit schizophrenic, but I, I think that's the, the only way to uh, make that work. Things were going to get a lot more schizophrenic before the end of this project. Getting ideas at the beginning was just the start of a big, big adventure in putting together the music for the Impact Manifesto. But first, there were lots of other aspects to take into consideration. I had to find a cast. I had to get the cinematographer lined up. I had to get the script absolutely nailed. We went through a lot of different versions to do that. So much more on this adventure and each episode of the Impact Factor podcast will explore a little bit more of the process of building three powerful films. The Impact Manifesto, a short film designed to benefit over a hundred nonprofit organizations to build funds and awareness for people doing good things in the world. The Impact Factor documentary, a feature length documentary on how to get your ideas, products, and services out to millions of people instead of only thousands of people, leveraging the power of art, science, and technology to make a difference in the world. And of course, the feature-length narrative film, a drama set in Philadelphia called The Impact Factor, all about how people intersect and impact each other in their lives and how the smallest actions make the biggest difference as we collide in ever-extending kaleidoscopes of impact throughout the world. We all make a difference whether we want to or not. We're going to continue this journey. We're going to have a great time. I'm looking forward to spending time with you. So stick with us. Subscribe to the podcast. Listen for the next one. Coming up, more about screenwriting, more about film producing, more about film directing, more about finding actors, more about all of the aspects that make up a powerful film. To subscribe to this podcast, please go to kenmacarthur.com forward slash iTunes and be sure and leave a review and share it with your friends. It really makes a difference.
The latest and greatest is always available at KenMacArthur.com. That's K-E-N-M-C-A-R-T-H-U-R dot com.